Hi, my name is Duncan. We're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London and Andy in San Fran. Andy, what was your football highlight of this game week? Well, I had two this week. Um, two of my little football fetishes were ticked off this week. The, uh, the first one was goalkeepers embarrassing forwards, which I, I particularly enjoy, which obviously I used to be a goalkeeper. Um, it was during the, uh, the Liverpool game where um, Anthony Lockhart was charging full pelt at Alisson as the ball sort of came to him outside the area and he sort of dinked it over his head and left Lockhart charging way beyond him and then sort of calmly laid it off to the defender to his side. So that was a lot of fun. That was a great piece of goalkeeping, you know, goalkeeping embarrassing strikers. Um, my other uh, little footballing fetish is um, microaggressions from coaching staff, which is a kind of niche. But I saw a brilliant one in the Arsenal West Ham game. I don't know whether you noticed this, Duncan. It was it was a great moment where um, the ball went out of play and Unai Emery caught the ball, um, and then uh, Masuaka sort of walked up to him and held his arms out and sort of to ask for him to give him the ball. And then Emery sort of put the ball down on the floor, looked him in the eye and walked away. <laughs> Masuaku sort of standing there incredulous. What the hell are you doing? It was a great microaggression. So that was my second football highlight of the week. I like that. I, I like you describing them as football fetishes as well. I'm glad they were all kind of purely pitch-based. Um, I saw the, the Allison one and he looked so calm just flicking that ball up over Anthony Knockhart's head. It was, it was amazing. Um, and he might now be the top keeper based on that in comparison to Edison for using his feet. He just looks so cool. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Did you guys see the pronunciation on the Sky game for Liverpool um, Brighton? They were pronouncing him Anthony Knockhart. Oh, that'd be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Surely it can't be Knockhart. He's French. But um, if, that, if that's right, though, then. Where does that leave us? I know. Just, yeah. Even if it's right, I prefer it if they said it the other way around. <laughs> um, Matt, how about your football highlight of the game week? Um, so, I know it's meant to be like sort of football rather than fantasy football, but crossing over the divide, Charleston sending off, and all commentators or match today analysts could talk about was the impact it would have on fantasy football managers who were really counting on the Charleston for the next few games. Um, so that, that was a, a pleasing thing to hear, that fantasy football is now starting to seep into mainstream, the mainstream game. I've noticed that this season on the BBC and on Match of the Day and just generally more and more mentions and more and more mainstream articles about fantasy football. And... Yeah, so there's, there's nothing about like Everton fans and all oh, this is really bad news. It's quite a lot of oh, my God, the fantasy football players will be worried about the lack of goals coming from the Charles. Yeah, slowly taking over. <laughs> That's a good shout. Um, my football highlight of the week, I was, I was on a stag do for a good friend uh, this weekend. So my kind of football watching was snatched in bars or on my phone in the morning in the hotel or, you know, just kind of here and there and catching a bit of radio on the train on the way home. So the one kind of, piece of football that I saw that I really caught my eye was um, Ryan Bertrand's finish in their game. Not a man who scores often, but he just the fact that he hit the ball and I didn't see the ball after he hit it until it was in the back of the net. It was so hard. 
even on the replay, it kind of was very hard to spot. Just the speed of the strike. I think that was my football highlight of the week. And I think Matt called it last week when we were talking about Cedric or Bertrand. And you basically said that Bertrand is the man who is going to have an end product or is more likely to have an end product. And he definitely did there. Yeah, I was quite pleased with that call. Uh, I got a few this week. Um, I should have taken taken more account of them in my team. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way. Do you it's know, always um, the way. Antonio Rudiger hit one of those as well, which is probably a, an even more unlikely source. Um, but what, again, the ball just sort of vanished and sort of reappeared as it hit the crossbar. Um, really incredible strike. Yeah, I saw that one as well. It's a nice one at centre-back when they take that kind of shot. Vertonghen used to do it. Um, totally unexpected. Let's um, let's move on to our game week review. Obviously, this, this game week was lower scoring on average. Um, I think in terms of who goes first, me and Matt are both on 49 points. So, Matt, I'm going to give this one to you to tell us about your game week. Um, so I think most people went Salah captain, um, and anyone who didn't probably lost out. So that was a, a fairly solid uh, eight points, double to 16. Um, I transferred in Mane, um, which didn't come off this week, but still fairly confident it's a good long-term one. Uh, I'm not any points this week, but I'm not too sorry about that. Uh Van Dyke got eight points, which is quite nice and solid, just not quite as good. I might have to switch to him eventually. Uh, but yeah, Josh King saved my game week this week with a surprise nine points. Um, that was pleasing to watch the match of the day. Uh, what was less pleasing to watch the match of the day was I, I saw that Cardiff Huddersfield was on last. So I thought, yes, clean sheet to Ben Hamer. It's my 4-4 four, four, uh, million goalkeeper will come come in. And uh, he got injured in 10 minutes, it turned out, and, and went off. So that was slightly frustrating. But other than that, fairly solid. You also had Losel coming in for that for that Huddersfield game and playing a blinder, from, from it, it seems, from the stats. Uh, yeah, so I, I like to think that same bonus points and same save points that Losel got. So it just made me... I realised I, I might... Uh, overnight on Saturday, I'd have been top of the league if Hamer hadn't got injured. Um, yeah. A bit of a nightmare because does this mean Losel now with that performance and with the slight injury to Hamer, is he now going to take his place back? Uh, maybe. I mean, he was never basically. I had Hamer in as, as cheap, um, just the cheapest he can get, and goalkeepers. So he's not meant to play games. This was the only game I was going to play in my first team, um, but unluckily he he got injured, which is quite a rare thing for goalkeepers. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to mention about your team was Josh King. You stuck with him. I got rid of him. And um, I think Ben stuck with him as well. And that was the difference, I think, for a lot of people. And yes. on penalties. Yeah. That was the big one in some ways. That There's, there's a bit of hope in Josh King if you still have him. Um, although at the same price bracket at the moment as Mitrovic, who will probably come on to later who had a bit of a blinder this week and looks like a really good pick. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've got a few injuries in your team. You've got, you know, Richardson with his three-game suspension, Hamer, Shaw's flagging up as a, a slight injury, Arnautovic with his knee injury. We're, we're yet to hear if, how serious that is. Um, 
any any concerns? You think about wild carding, or are you going to stick with it? So I'm definitely on the verge of a wild card, and if I find out Arn out, do you know if Arn out is out for a long time or not? I don't know yet. I know that it was a, a twinge in the back of his knee, but I don't think they've come out officially yet. Yeah, so it's it's if he gets diagnosed as a bit long term, then I may as well wild card. Um, but at the moment, I might just stick to a two transfer and wait to the one one more game week of uh, sort of data to pick a team on the back of a, a wild card. Because um, okay. some of the guys have picked early wild cards, some of the top top ranked managers, but um, they had Richarlison in, for instance. So they've already sort of uh, already struggling because they've, they've they've done that so early. Okay, I'm I'm going to jump in and move on to my team. Um, same points, obviously, 49. Um, two clean sheets from Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. Alexander-Arnold annoyingly getting a, a third yellow card in three games. Um, so he definitely can't keep that up. Once he gets to five, he's going to get a suspension. Um, so hopefully Klopp doesn't think about dropping him uh, for that. Mendy with bonus. Um, I have Richarlison as well. Salah captain as well. And then, apart from that, um, Arnautovic got me the goal. Zaha got me the goal. Five points for each of those. And then two points for everyone else. Aguero, Bernardo Silva and Mkhitaryan. Um, Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's 10 points above the average. I think that's going to update now. We've had the Tottenham-Man United game finishing 3-0. So that might change a little bit. But... um, yeah, pretty pretty decent game week. Um, I I have actually gone early and activated my wild card, but we'll come to that a bit later, and I'll kind of try and explain the decision behind that. But um, yeah, that was pretty much my game week, quite standard and not too too much happening. Andy, how about you? Um, I'm only one point above the average. Um, obviously, it's a low scoring week, but still 39 isn't a great score, is it? Um, a few very annoying things happened this week. Obviously, everyone suffered from Richarlison, so that's not so bad. Um, I had uh, Doherty on the bench, which was actually kind of lucky because I was getting, I was like, I'd forgotten about this because I, I transferred him out at the very last, well, subbed him out at the very last minute for, for Jota. Um, and as the ball sort of like brushed off his hair and then went onto Bolly's arm, like I was, I was thinking, ah, oh, assist, but he didn't actually get the assist. So got away with that one, I suppose. But nobody else really did anything. Um, I transferred in Morata this week, thinking um, that might be a, a good move. As I had Newcastle coming up, who were looking pretty weak. Um, they defended stoutly, and Morata didn't score. Uh, Mkhitaryan and Bamiang, neither of them did anything. Um, so really, the only players I had that got points were Salah got eight as my captain, so that's 16 points. alexander Arnold got five, and Mendy got four. That's it. On Zaha scored, he got five. Yeah. Any any thoughts about wildcarding or are you holding I'm firm? thinking very, very hard about wildcarding. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it in our group, hasn't there? Um, I have already made two transfers this week. So if I wildcard, I then get four points back. Um, so I might, I might well do that. We'll see. Let's see how, uh, how confident I'm feeling. But um, I'm... I'm not very happy with some of the big, again, even Morata coming in looked awful this weekend. Um, well, the only player in my team I think looked worse is Aubameyang and they're both big money. Yeah. There's a few concerns over Morata because his, his minutes are reducing by game. You know, he started with 90 minutes, 
game week two, 74, this game week three, 64 minutes, and Giroud getting more and more game time. Slightly worrying. I mean, his fixtures are great, but it's just whether he stays in the team. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he scored last week. So I thought, okay, he scored against Arsenal. He's got an easy game this week. Like, this is going to be the one. Because at the beginning of last season, he had that run where he scored like in 10 consecutive games or something. I thought, well, if he's that kind of goes on streaks, which again, we've seen at Juventus as well, maybe this is the start of one as he goes into some easy fixtures. But he just looks so far off the pace against Newcastle. Yeah, tough with them playing so many defenders, five at the back. But Bournemouth at home, Cardiff at home in the next two. Um, I think, yeah, you've got to stick with them, haven't you? Unless you are card. Um, Shall we crack on? We're not going to look at planning ahead because I think we've covered that quite a lot over the last few game weeks. Um, And there's no kind of big change in the fixtures particularly. Um, I think we're going to dive straight into the the preview for game week four. Um, And the first game we're going to come to is Leicester-Liverpool. And that's you, Andy. All right. So... um... I think it's pretty hard to bet against a Liverpool win against almost any opposition at the moment. So I see a Liverpool win here. Um, But they haven't been sort of blowing teams away the way they did last season. They've looked a lot more controlled than as though like 2-0 is great for them. So I don't see them like racking up point um, goals the way they did last year. Um, Maybe I'd I'd probably go for a 2-0 win um, for Liverpool in this one. You'd obviously bet on on Salah scoring and one of the other like goal goal getters scoring either Firmino, Mane, maybe one of the midfielders. Um, but that's what I see happening here. So again, it'll be a good one for Liverpool defenders if I'm right on that. Probably not one for for Leicester players if they're not going to score and they're going to concede two. Um, so that's really my my thoughts. Um... And, you know, is Vardy back for this game or is he still going to be suspended? No, he's still suspended for this one. Yeah, so I can see why you're thinking another clean sheet for Liverpool. So that'll be four and four if they keep another clean sheet. They're definitely looking like the best bet for defence at the moment. Um, yeah, what do you think, Matt? you concur? Um, yeah, I and mean, I thought that Madison in the hole with the player holding up might be a good thing for Leicester. But... Um... I don't know. They're not sure that 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 good this season. So um, I think Liverpool should win that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I do like some of Leicester's options. They're Madison at six and um, Gray at five point five, but um, probably not at the moment with their fixtures and without Vardy yeah. in the team. I think Chilwell as well. If Leicester get an easy run, could be a a solid punt as well, but um, right now I think I'm, I'm, I'm not even considering putting their players in because they haven't got a lot coming up that I would like, like them to be involved in. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Brighton Fulham next and and take that preview. Um, I think Fulham obviously had a great game, four uh, two winners against Burnley. Um, looked great. Mitrovic getting two goals. Um, controlling the game, playing the football they've been playing uh, since the start of the season, but getting the results now. So that's going to give them confidence. Um, I think going away to Brighton, Brighton obviously will be targeting this as a home game against a newly promoted team. Um, And they wouldn't have expected to get much out of the Liverpool game. This one they'll be really focused on. And Brighton are really strong at home. Um, 
I don't know. I think I think Fulham will score. I think they will keep playing the possession attacking football they're playing. I think Mitrovic is a good bet. Um, but I still fancy Brighton to score in this one as well. I know they're not great for goals, but Fulham haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Um, and, you know, you've got Glenn Murray up front, you've got Pascal Gross. Um, yeah, so I, I fancy, fancy a score draw for this one. I'd say 1-1 one, one might be fair. Um, would you guys agree or...? I think Fulham are the better team, um, but Brighton at home are, are quite good at home. So I, I, I'd probably say that Brighton might win it, even if Fulham are the better team, because Brighton, are, yeah, that, that good home form. They, and you don't know who's going to score for them. I mean, Fletcher's not bad. Gross is not bad. Um, they've got some defenders that maybe score from corners. Uh, I think it, they could keep it quite tight as well at home, but yeah. Yes, yeah. one. Okay. Um, Matt, I'm going to give you Crystal Palace versus Southampton. What do you think of that one? Um, so, I think Crystal Palace have lots of players that everyone quite likes. Um, and I can see them scoring against Southampton, who I think are struggling. Um, I mean, they lost at home to Leicester last week. And you're thinking, they, they, they probably shouldn't have, and they they somehow are conspiring to lose matches and concede goals. So I don't think their defence is good enough to keep Crystal Palace out. So it could be good for Zaha. Um, I reckon maybe a 2-1, like tight, but Crystal Palace should probably win that one at home. Yeah. I really don't like um, the kind of atmosphere around Southampton, which I think Mark Hughes is a big kind of instigator. And all of his interviews seem very negative just generally, I, I don't really trust him as a manager with Southampton at the moment, um, especially for goals. I think a clean sheet for Crystal Palace is not only goals for Crystal Palace, but a clean, clean sheet is possibly on the cards as well. So, yeah, I'd agree with you. Unless Ryan Bertrand um, shows up, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, it can happen. No goal for 16 months and then two and two. Um, <laughs> Andy, what do you think about Everton-Huddersfield? Well, even without Richarlison, I think Everton are extremely strong favourites for this game, aren't they? Um, Huddersfield, as we keep saying, are one of those two teams that you look out for who's playing against to, to pick their players. Could this be the game where Jenk Tossen finally gets off the mark? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would look out for maybe Gilby Sigurdsson in this game, uh, if anyone's got him, because... I think without Richarlison, he'll be playing further forward and taking more shots. As we know, he's good at shooting. Um, so he could be more, more, more central to the way they play in this match. It'll be interesting also to see who replaces Richarlison on that left wing role. Um, Walcott's been doing well on the right, so I imagine he'll stay on the right. Um, so he could be also another one to look out for this week um, in, in Richarlison's absence. It could be a very interesting game, that. But again, I, I don't see anything other than an Everton win. I don't see Huddersfield scoring. I mean, at some point this season, they must score it, I imagine. But I don't see why it would particularly be this game. They just look out of their depth at the moment, I think. I think um, maybe Bernard, their new Brazilian signing, is one to watch out for to replace Richarlison. Um, six million, you know, very fast, likes a goal. Um, maybe not one straight away, but one to keep an eye on if he does play. Yeah, he could well be, could well be. 
right position, isn't he? It, it'll be very interesting if, um, if 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 it is Bernardo or somebody else comes into that position and scores a lot of goals, because the team is clearly built to create goals for Richarlison. That's part of the way they play. So does the replacement come in and do the same thing and then score goals? Or does the replacement come in and um, and play a different role and the other first teamers um, get into the into the box? It'll be interesting to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't see anything for Huddersfield, really. Um, Michael Keane going off injured. So there's a potential that um, Everton might be starting with, is it Mina? Jerry Mina? I think he's still injured, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, foot injury. Um, so Zuma, Zuma would be coming in at five million. Yeah, I imagine it will be Zuma. Uh, and in a, as a sort of short-term pick, it could be a good one. But I think in the, I think Mina's back before Keane is. So you might see Zuma for a few games and then Mina come in once, once he's fit. It's kind of hard to predict who's going to play at centre back because it could be that actually the first choice is going to be. It could be Zuma and Mina play once Mina's back. It's quite difficult to predict. Yeah, that's that's what I envisaged once they got those two signings in on the last day of the transfer window. But um, it might be a little while before we see that if if we do. Um, okay, Chelsea Bournemouth is the next up, and that's one for me. Um, I think that this is a time for Hazard. He's come back with a start against Newcastle. He's on penalties. He's got his goal to kick him off. Um, Chelsea are playing a more attacking style now under Sarri. Um, Bournemouth aren't brilliant defensively, um, conceding two goals last week against Everton, which we predicted as a high-scoring game. Um, yeah, I see. I see goals for goals for Chelsea, goals for Hazard. I I do see Bournemouth potentially getting something, but I I don't think it's going to be another famous win for them at Stamford Bridge. I think um, Chelsea will win this, and Bournemouth won't be able to hold them back. Yeah, I agree with on Hazard. I think he looked really, really good this weekend. Like, um, not just he's, he's always a cut above the rest of the Chelsea team, isn't he? But he. He just looked like everything was going through him. He was really fired up and um, and, and ready to, to, to play to his best. I think this could be the start of a good run for him. I like the look of Kovacic as well, getting his first start for Chelsea. Um, I thought he linked up with Hazard quite nice. I was Every now and then I was looking at the highlights and I was thinking, is that Hazard or is that Kovacic? That was getting quite confused between the two of them. So he definitely looked confident on the ball. Um and that, that unfortunately means we've lost Ross Barkley at six million, but um, Kovacic at six million as well, one to keep an eye on definitely. I'm not sure how attacking a player Kovacic is. I haven't seen, I, I never saw him play much at Inter, and then he was a bit of a bit part player at Real, wasn't he? So I'm not sure whether he's the kind of player that's going to get into the box and score goals and get assists, or whether he's more of a kind of foundation player and we're going to see Kante doing more of that. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I just I I would imagine that he is more attack minded than Kante for sure, um, more of a creator and going to be in, involved more or more comfortable in the final third, um, yeah. With Jorginho sitting, you've got they've got the license both of them to move forward a bit more. Yeah, at Chelsea, the the main picks have got to be Alonso and Hazard. I think um, they seem to be the ones who put in the goal scoring uh, positions. Whereas Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante sort of just build, play and keep the ball. I'm not sure they'll play goals this season. 
Yeah, Alonso started on fire this season. Um, he really has. He really has, yeah. Um, it's looking like Alonso, Robertson and Mendy at the back is the new template. Yeah. Well, what I found most interesting about Alonso, actually, was obviously he's regularly got into the box and scored before. But the position he got his... it was I think it was eventually classified as an assist to a known goal, wasn't it? But the position he appeared there was kind of inside right, which was a very odd position for a left-back to be in. Um, I think that is, a, is a, again, it backs up what you're saying, that he's really the one to have, because seeing a left-back pop into the sort of left-hand side of the box is one thing, but seeing him just appear anywhere like a centre-forward would, that's, that's even more attacking than he was last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he seems to have a free role at the moment. It's amazing. Yeah, and as for Laqueta, the complete opposite seems to be hanging back on the right side. So it's all going down the left with Hazard and, and Alonso. Um, OK, Cardiff-Arsenal, Matt. What do you think about this one? Um, so a lot of Cardiff are like the ones that people look out for as who's playing them so you can put their players in. And Arsenal, again, they've got goals in them, so they should really beat um, Cardiff. Even... It's a slight thing that Cardiff will be at home and I can imagine Neil Warnock having the very basic tactics of let's rough Arsenal up and see if that works, which certainly worked under Arsene Wenger. Um, whether it works under Emery's Arsenal, we'll, we'll guess we'll find out on, on the Saturday. Uh, but realistically, I think Arsenal should probably be winning 3-1 or 3-0. Yeah. Did you see the, the Arsenal-West Ham game? Yeah. Um, you're crazy attacking with your fullbacks, uh, which is exciting if if a little a little mad given how slow your centre backs are. Yeah, but Bellerin looking fantastic, getting the assist. Monreal with the goal. You know they're they're cheap options at five point five, and Arsenal's fixtures are amazing, so they're definitely worth considering, especially for a team like Cardiff, who you're not expecting too many goals from. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of goals from left backs so far this season, aren't there? We had Luke Shaw, Monreal, um, Alonso, uh, Bertrand. Like, seems like the year of the left back. It's a good title for the pod. <laughs> it's ta- tactical evolution, isn't it? It's about freeing up your left back to do the space. <laughs> Benjamin Mendy as well, not more of an assistant than a goal scorer, but still. Yeah, gone, gone are the days of the man in the hole. Now it's the man at left back. <laughs> I, I think, although they may be in crazy um, positions, I think they are good picks for this run for Arsenal, those full-backs. Um, Bellerin more than Monreal. Like Monreal seems to get these goals. He got them last season. He's picked one up now. Rather than you know justifying it by lots of attempts, he just seems to pop up every now and get something quite lucky. So... I think Bellerin would be my pick. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my shout for this game. Yes, you should shout the, the full-backs. They're just, they are, I mean, the fact that it's bad necessarily for Arsenal winning, there's neither here nor there if you're a fantasy manager. It's going to be points for assists and goals from your full-backs at Arsenal. Yeah, and that seems to be what you have to go for with your defence this season. You're going for those attacking points because they're out there to get and clean sheets are a bonus. And you'd expect this kind of fixture... You know, you'd hope that they would get that clean sheet. Um, Andy, what do you think about West Ham Wolves? So, I think this is a really interesting and hard to predict game. 
West Ham have had a uh, obviously a very di- difficult assignment this week. Um, I don't think it's really fair to judge them on on what we've seen so far. Um, Wolves is theoretically the the chance they've got a really tough run at, like, that goes beyond this game as well. And Wolves is in a way their their chance to break that run and you know get a bit of light in in this sort of dark period. But on the other hand, I don't really like I see quite a, a low morale starting to build in the team right now. And I think something you predicted, Duncan, at the start of the season was if this tough run didn't yield a lot of points, the heads could drop. Um, Arnautovic, obviously a very important player for them, and him getting injured, I think, is very unhelpful for that as well. Wolves, on the other hand, I see the opposite. I think they perform really well against City. I see them on the up a little bit here, and, and maybe um, that sort of momentum might carry them into a great performance against West Ham. So while if, I, if you'd asked me at the start of the season to predict this, I might have said West Ham at home, probably a West Ham win. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say maybe a Wolves win um, in a, a kind of... Obviously, West Ham go forward a lot. You expect them to score goals. Um, Wolves are a, a, a good and a nice-to-watch team as well. Um, maybe a 2-1 a or a 3-2 Wolves I'd pick for this one. Yeah, I, I kind of I get what you're saying. Um, I did see some kind of shoots of recovery, though. Um, West Ham away to Arsenal. They looked great on the break, and they definitely created the chances. Um Felipe Anderson especially was looking pretty special. Got got an assist, um, played really well. Um, at six point nine million, maybe a little bit overpriced, but one to watch. And I don't know. I, I think they could score. I think the crucial thing is whether Arnautovic starts or not. If he doesn't start, then they're not going to have that threat up front. And and Wolves, you know, hopefully get the confidence and can get more goals. But. Yeah, I, I like your thinking. I just think the crucial bit is whether Arnie starts or not. I, I agree with that. I think Chicharito has not been a good signing for them, has he? He hasn't really got the, the physical presence. He doesn't sort of pop up and score goals the way he, he used to for Man United. Um, doesn't sort of seem to have that spark anymore. Whereas Arnautovic is a big physical presence, you know, dangerous in the box, good shot from outside the box as well. I think that's a, that's a big step down from Arnautovic to Chicharito right now. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Jimenez as well up front for Wolves is is a, a nice price, 5.5. Um, once they start to get slightly easier fixtures, maybe one to keep an eye on. He's in their bracket with Danny Ings. They've also signed a player that I really like um, and I haven't seen play for a while is Adama Traore. He came on against um, against City and he's a player who, when he was at Middlesbrough last time he played in the Premier League, I thought, wow, this is a really talented player with absolutely no idea what the right decision to make is at any given moment. But if he's you know, spent some time away maybe learning about how to make those decisions a little bit better, he could be a really dangerous player as the season goes on. I think, I think unfortunately, he hasn't. Um, <laughs> I think he's, he's still phenomenally fast and has dribbling skills, um, which are pretty impressive. But I just I think he still has a problem with end product. Um, but, you know, this is away from home, isn't it? And he could really scare West Ham on the break. Um, so, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on at another good price. Um, Man City, Newcastle. This is one for me. I get another easy one to preview. Um, I think Rafa Benitez um, was clearly, you know, he was telling the players, I think Hosselu was saying after the game, after the Chelsea game, he was interviewed and he said, 
you know, been working on our shape all week. Um, we were un- unlucky not to get the result. Their shape, according to Sari, was five at the back, keeping things tight. And I think Benitez has thought, you know, we've got Chelsea coming to visit and then straight over after we've got Man City. Um, so it's it's probably going to be the same formation for both. Um, if he's playing five at the back against Chelsea at home, he's going to be playing a similar formation against Man City away. Um, so I think Newcastle are going to be hoping and praying for a, a chance or a set piece or something like that. But I think Man City are going to steamroll them. I think this is a game for Aguero. He, I think he scored four against Newcastle in the past. Um, you know, he's got to be a great shout for captaincy after his hat-trick in his last home game. And Newcastle injuries to Jamal Lascelles, John Joe Shelby. Um, yeah, I think this is a this is an easy one for City. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, it's a, a pretty predictable, easy win, that, I'd have thought, for City. Um, Benitez is good at holding shape, so he might limit how many goals go in, but I can't see them, um, A, scoring themselves that easily, or, or B, keeping Man City out. Yeah. There seems to be a bit of a template forming with Man City players at the moment where you have Aguero, you forget about the midfield because you just don't know who's going to start. And then you go for Mendy and Edison. And you say that, you know, they've got great fixtures. They keep clean sheets. They were strong defence last season. They're probably going to be stronger this season. And you know that those three players are very likely starters. And maybe that's the way to go with City at the moment for this run. Do they keep clean sheets, though? They've just conceded to Huddersfield and Wolves. I'm not sure Edison's a good pick this year. Definitely yeah. Mendy, because he's a, he's a left winger playing at left back, so definitely Mendy. Um, but they seem like even when they score six against Huddersfield, they concede one. Like That might be a, something that repeats this season. Yeah, I mean, that happened last season, but they still came out as one of the strongest defences. And I think it's just the, you know, it's the set and forget keeper. He's a great price at 5.5. There's him, and looking at his comparison to David De Gea at the moment, it's it's not much of a comparison. And with Liverpool, there are players in that team that you're going to want ahead of Alisson. You're going to want a Mane, a Salah, a Robertson, a Alexander-Arnold. Um, so I think you probably don't want to take up your places because those players are more assured of starts than the Man City midfield. Well, I would have said if you're going to set and forget, then Lloris is a, a pit. Some, we haven't really spoken about him, but he's for, for years now been playing for one of the uh, the best defences in the league. And I would say, of like you say, Liverpool, I think, have looked the most defensively solid so far this season, but you want their other players. It's not quite true of Tottenham that there's like three other Tottenham players that are really great value that you, you are sure are definitely going to play every week and you need to have. So maybe he's the one. Yeah, and they've got some good fixtures coming up. Um, Brighton, Huddersfield, Cardiff in a row from game week six to eight. Um I think that's a good shout. I think that's something I might even consider. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. Okay, Matt, Watford Spurs. Um, so Spurs have just beaten Man U 3-0 at Old Trafford. Um, they'll be riding high on that. And they they've stuck, they look good. Um, everyone's been quite surprised how well they've started since the World Cup. And they're not having a home in um, having completed their stadium. Everyone sort of think, figured that they might start the 
season quite slowly, but Lucas Moore looks like a handy player. Eriksson and Ali just kept the same form as they had last last season. Harry Kane's obviously going to start banging them in. Um, Watford, are, I think they're quite strong. They're, I mean, it was a good win they had uh, against Palace. Uh, so them at home is not an easy game, but I reckon Spurs will probably still win. Maybe uh, 2-1, 2-0 to Spurs. Yeah, I can see Watford scoring in this one. I know they love to upset the big teams, especially Troy Deeney. Um, but I think I agree with you. I think, you know, 3-1, something like that. Lucas Moura looks like a great pick playing up front, it seems, against United with Harry Kane at 7 million. His ownership's only 2.7%, so he's a great differential. Um, yeah. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't look like he's going to be dropped anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, I have actually transferred him in. He's one of my transfers I've already made. Oh, nice one. Yeah, one to watch for a wildcarders this week. Yeah, yeah. and Harry Kane is uh, is starting to get into groove, so it'd be interesting to see if he starts tempting fantasy managers of the coming weeks. Um, he's very expensive, but sort of that reliable goal outlet, you may be maybe even tempted to trade like a Salah or a Guerrero for. I just think you're going to have to wait until he's getting two or three goals. You know, it's going to need to be a hat-trick or uh, a brace for two or three games. Um, you know, I think at the moment, just getting the odd goal here and then is not justifying his 12.5. Oh, true. I mean, I think if he's scoring every single week, um, then it still depends on other players losing form. So if Aguero goes a couple of weeks uh, without doing anything, then managers get start to get temp- tempted. Hmm. Yeah, and once his value starts to rise, then he's really out of reach. Um, yeah, OK. Um, we've got the last preview up now, and it's Burnley Man United uh, for long-suffering Man United fan Andy. What do you think? Again, it's a really tough one. Away at Burnley is not an easy fixture, traditionally. Um, and Man United's confidence is going to be rock bottom after the last two fixtures. Um Burnley haven't looked themselves this season, but I don't think they need to to get a result against this United side that just looks so poor. I can I, I would maybe go for a one-all here. Um, I, so no clean sheet for either side. Possibly another goal for James Tarkovsky because he seems to be uh, banging in fun this season. Um, and yeah, anybody could score for United in this team in that that one goal because it seems like the the front line is all misfiring. So, you know, a sort of sliced Matic goal or something like that could be uh, could be the equaliser. Yeah, they're they're both teams out of form, aren't they? Um, both teams out of sorts, and I think this is a local derby. Maybe you're right. Maybe a, a classic one-one. Uh, it's not a bad shout. Man United defenders seem to be the ones to drop at the moment. Yeah, it's true. I've um, I've I've kept patience with Luke Shaw through a combination of other other transfers being higher priority and the fact that he seems to be our most exciting attacking player. So I've still got him for now, um, but we'll see how long that goes on for. It'll be interesting with United. I think that there's going to be a moment where Mourinho gets the sack and a new manager comes in and everybody transfers in Man United players. And you might be able to make a lot of money by getting ahead of that. And um, like, if you're one of the first to transfer the Man United players in, everyone else does. Their value will skyrockets and then you can transfer them out again and make some money. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely one to watch. Um, should we move on to our, our whipping boys and our gut punts? Um, I think whipping boys, I kind of mentioned for me, Newcastle this week, uh, away to Man City. I think that's a big one. Anyone else that we should be keeping an eye out for? Um, Huddersfield might get spanked by Everton. Yeah, I think Arsenal had dual performance as well, so Cardiff could end up on the end of a hiding. I think there's Bournemouth as well, uh, away to Chelsea, a confident Chelsea team. Um, Bournemouth have started well, but I think defensively they're definitely going to be tested. So which one do you think out of all these? Would you would you agree, Andy, that Newcastle are the whipping boys for this week? Um, based on who the opponent is, I'd say yes. They're probably in the most danger. Matt, do you agree? Yeah, uh, very strongly. Okay. What about your gut punts? Andy, what about your gut punt for this week for players? My gut punt might be one that is uh, a very unpopular pick this season. Um, Aubameyang was so bad last week, you might see Lacazette start. Now, if Lacazette starts, scores a few goals and, and a good result against Cardiff, that could make him at 9.4 a bargain for the season. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. And even, even if he doesn't start ahead of um, Aubameyang, starting with him is going to surely make him even more likely to score. And also, if that happens, when they both played together, uh, there, was a, there was a period of time, about 10 minutes, when um, Lacazette had come on before Aubameyang went off, where Lacazette was sent forward and Aubameyang was moved to the left wing. So if they do play together, it might be in that formation, which again is a, a reason to pick Lacazette ahead of Aubameyang. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Matt, for your gut punt for this week? I mean, I've got to go for my personal favourite, I think. It's, uh, I think Cenk Tussen is, is due a goal and is going to get off the mark. They've got an easy run of fixtures. I think Richarlison will take... Um, him being suspended means they'll have to... They'll find their goals maybe through Walcott, but also he's their main striker, Tosin. And um, I think he'll start getting the positions that they were feeding the ball to Richarlison before. So he's very likely to score in the next couple of games. And I could see Huddersfield being, a, being an opposition that will be quite obliging. Yeah, I think that's a, a good shout. And potentially on penalties, him or Sigurdsson will have to see. Yeah, potentially. Um, I would say Sigurdsson is probably more the favourite for that, but... We'll see. It's okay. uh, Umani ass all the way. He'll come on for the last <laughs> 30 minutes and score a hat-trick. Um, I'm going to ignore that and I'm going to go with... <laughs> I was I was going to say that Walcott was my gut punt for this week, but I've been there before. You know, you see Walcott, he gets two goals in two games and you think, great, I'll put him in. And he does nothing. And he trolls you for five games until you get rid of him again. So his stats also don't bear it out. The stats say that he's been fairly uh, lucky to have two and two um, and that it might not continue. So while we always don't stick to stats, um, I'm going to go with someone else and play it a little bit safer. My shout is Pascal Gross for Brighton versus Fulham. I think I mentioned in my preview that I think Fulham will concede. Um, They haven't completely sorted their defence out, I don't think. And Pascal Gross didn't start against Liverpool. I think Hewton's done this a few times last season where he's basically thought, we're not going to get anything from this game. I'll rest our best player. Um, I'll give him 10 minutes at the end as a kind of token gesture. But really, we're focusing on this home game. You know, Gross is on penalties. He's on free kicks. 
he his goal involvement is incredibly high for Brighton, and I think they're going to score. So my shout is Pascal Gross. No bad pick. Not a bad pick. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, clean sheets. Um, I'm going to go to Andy for the first clean sheet. What do you reckon? I'm going to go... Ooh, it's a tough one this week. A lot of the, uh, the, the bad attacks are playing the bad defences. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Man City. Even after saying that you thought City weren't a great defence and doubling up wasn't a great shout? Uh, because they're playing Newcastle. And um, as, actually, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've made a mistake. Now, Kennedy's back for Newcastle, isn't he? So they've got their main player back. So I'm actually <laughs> completely vault fast on that. And I'm going to go um, Liverpool. Okay. Matt, what do you reckon? I was, I was cursing Andy for saying, oh, it's difficult this week. It's not difficult this week. Man City, the obvious pick for a clean sheet yeah. at the moment. I agree. Um, can't look beyond that one. I think the next one I'm going to go for is Crystal Palace, home to Southampton. I haven't been impressed with Southampton. and I think Palace should be keeping clean sheet. I think the one to watch maybe is if Tomkins comes back from his injury, because he obviously didn't play this week. And I think he's a big big call. Him and Sarko, if they're playing together, they're great. But if it's if it's Kelly, I'm not so sure about that one. But yeah, based on Tompkins playing, Crystal Palace for me. Andy, what's your next one? Uh, maybe Everton against Huddersfield. Um, could be a, a pretty... They're playing an easy side and um, I expect them to dominate that game. Yeah, Huddersfield are always a good team to watch for clean sheet predictions. Matt, what's your next one? Um, I think it's quite difficult from here uh, because I think the big teams, the other big teams have decent opposition or at least opposition that score goals. So uh, I'm going to go for maybe Arsenal to keep clean sheet against Cardiff because on the basis that Cardiff can't score goals. I think that's a fair shout. Um, After that, I don't know if I can see any clean sheets. I see Burnley scoring. I see United scoring. Watford Spurs. I see both of those scoring. West Ham Wolves, same again. Um, Yeah, has anyone gone for Chelsea yet? No, not yet. Because Bournemouth, they've they've looked good going forward, haven't they? And Chelsea have have looked like, well, they've they've played attacking football, so you could see maybe a 3-1 there or something, which wouldn't be a clean sheet. Yeah, I, I, I'd take a I'd take a Chelsea clean sheet as the last one of those list that list. Um, but I think after that, that's probably them all done. I'd agree okay. with that. Okay, so captains and transfers. I'm going to come to Matt first. So, um, having said I'm umming and ahhing about wild card, I've just been looking at options through this podcast, and then I've just played my wild card. So. Ooh. During the podcast, <laughs> during pod- I've been multitasking during the podcast. podcast history has been made. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's changes galore uh, because I just think there was a few too many injuries. You can see on the FPL statistics that price rises um, have already happened, but they're going to keep coming this week. Um, people are transferring quite regularly at the moment, so if you want to get build team value, playing a wild card early is quite good for that. Um, so I'm doing stuff like getting Alonso in, uh, getting Mitrovic in. Um, I've 
sort of got Walcott on at the Walcott on at the moment because of Everton's easy fixtures. Uh, even though he's a bit of a FPL troll, um, and then people like uh, make weights around that that might go up in value, like um, Neves and Danny Ings. Um, that's my my transfers to, to date. And then uh, come the weekend, uh, I got stung by the not catching Aguero last time. So I'll be very tempted to go over Guerrero um, at home to against Newcastle uh, this coming week. Okay, um, Andy, how about you? Oh, can I just say before we move on to you, Andy, Matt, I'm pretty sure you hit wildcard as soon as you heard I'd played mine. Are you? I reckon? think it's. The... Yeah, that's definitely what happened. <laughs> so any credit goes to you. Yeah, definitely. All right, Andy, what about you? I am. I mentioned that I'm thinking hard about my wild card. The fact that you guys have played yours makes me want to do something different and not play it. Um, I've already transferred in Aguero and Lucas Moura for um, Abamyang and Richarlison because Abamyang, I'm not even sure is going to start anymore. So it's a bit of a maverick move transferring a player out when he's about to play Cardiff, but I don't think he's going to start. And then, uh, of course, Moura in for Richarlison. So that leaves me with a, that interesting dynamic again of Aguero or Salah as captain. Um, I'm going to go with Aguero as captain um, because I think he's going to score a lot of goals against Newcastle and I'm, I'm not sure how many Liverpool are going to get against Leicester. So that's my pick for captain. You may see me prepare a wild card if I lose my nerve towards the end of the week because I'm still carrying Shaw, Jota, Kennedy um, and the thing stopping me playing it at the moment is that Murata has an easy fixture this week that we expect him to like the team to score goals in so it could be that that's a kind of a, a real test for him the other thing that I'm thinking about is that there are a few players who have a, a, a difficult fixture this week and an easy one and then an easy run like, the, like Bournemouth for example have uh, obviously a tricky fixture against Chelsea this week and then a few easy ones so it could be that I wait a week and then play my wild card to get in with some Bournemouth players for for these for the weight that I'm carrying so we'll see Okay, um, so I've I've obviously played my wild card. Um, I've taken a little bit more consideration over mine than Matt has in the last hour. <laughs> Whilst <laughs> meantime, um, I've put in uh, Hazard for his good fixtures. He's got um, great ones to target. He's got Bournemouth at home, Cardiff at home in the next two, and I've mainly brought him in for those two. I can then. I can then move him down to Mane if I don't think he's cutting the mustard. Um, I don't think Mane is going to get close to 10-5 before then, so got a bit of room to move there. Um, I've had Hazard b- b- before, and he's kind of trolled me slightly. He he hasn't last season, and I don't think he got any or a lot of huge hauls. It was just kind of drip, drip of points and goals here and there. So I'm I'm not wedded to him for a long time, but I think these next two is a good one. I've gone with the... Template at the back at the moment. So Alonso, Robertson and Mendy. Um, I've kept Aguero, kept Salah. Um, at the moment, I've got Wilson in, Fraser and Walcott. Um, I'm quite happy with it, although I am tinkering you know, with it every day. I've looked to bring in Milner instead of Fraser because he's been so involved from, for Liverpool and he's on penalties as well when he plays. I've looked at Mitrovic. Um, 
although I think Zaha's fixtures are stronger. Um, and I've also looked at putting Edison in goal and changing Robertson down to Alexander-Arnold to save that money. Um, so there's a few things I'm kind of toying around with, but I think the main structure is based around Hazard, Alonso, um, and bring in the kind of template back three. Um, to make that happen on my bench, I've got Bennett from Wolves at 4 million. I've kept Juan Bazaka at 4 million. Um, and yeah, I, I'm kind of quite confident in that. Um, so yeah, that's my team. It's quite template. Yeah. I'm also looking at that sort of Mane and Walcott, or do you swap to Fraser or Hazard? And I think that's a big one for this um, wild carders about which, which one they go for on those those combinations. Uh, yeah. Hazard, Hazard is definitely an FPL troll. He is, in my opinion, somebody who uh, he, he gets loads of points throughout the season, but he never sort of is a difference maker for your team. So he just sort of drips points in while Salah's getting more points. And it's quite difficult to, to fit in Salah and Hazard um, and also have a good rest of your team. So I'm not looking at Hazard, but that you know this might be the season that changes that he might start scoring um, more sort of higher higher scores per game. I don't know. Yeah, I think Sari coming in and the the kind of attacking style that he's playing has really um, made me look at Hazard. And I think these two home fixtures are the big test for me. Um, after yeah. that, I'm quite happy to shoot him out and look at someone else and maybe get a bit more money for the rest of my midfield. So uh, you and guys then, aren't looking at Lucas Moura then, because he was my like a, he was my first transfer. I needed him straight in as soon as I saw him play up front. To get, even before the game was over, I and before he scored his goals, I was like, if he's going to play up front like regularly and play the sort of home win son role while son's not available at seven million, he's a bargain. Yeah, so, he definitely is. Tem- yeah, so tempted by Moura, definitely. Uh, fixtures aren't quite as kind as say. Um, Everton or Chelsea. It's one of those where you, you want to squeeze them in, but um, who who you're ditching is the uh, the question mark up on at the moment. Well, with Richarlison's ban, that's who I've ditched because he's only um, a point three million more or something like that. So it's not a not a big price difference to upgrade. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, he might be someone I'd bring in instead of Walcott, just because I, as we all know, Walcott is a bit of a troll as well. And his stats don't really back up his form at the moment. So I, he wasn't someone I had on my ra- radar until his two goals um, tonight. Um, but he definitely is now. And it's nice to have um, someone from Spurs in a team that's otherwise kind of quite Liverpool and Man City heavy. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a great shot, Andy. So you guys are going, both going to pick him now and I won't get any advantage from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's really nice. Well, I look forward to you joining us on the wildcard, Andy, and we can have all four of us on the pod wildcarding at the same time. It's going to be a long pod. I it will admit, be a very long <laughs> yeah. I have to admit that Andy being the only is probably quite shocking. Um, I'm surprised you've not wildcarded yet, Andy. Well, I was going to, and you guys only talked me after it like two weeks ago when I, you were saying, well, I don't know, you've got some players that I would pick and your team isn't like falling apart. You've just been unlucky. I thought, oh, maybe I have. <laughs> now you guys are all well guarded. <laughs> we, we are your rivals, Andy. I wouldn't take everything we, every bit of advice we give you. 
I've <laughs> um, just got a, a quick shout out for um, our our new Twitter account, um, Fancy F- Football Fanatics on Twitter, and our, our handle is FPL FFF Fanatics. Um, so that's one to watch. Um, give us a follow, and you can see our previews up there. And Ben's been pretty excellent. Um, getting all of our, our tweets out there. So, yeah, give us a follow on Twitter and get in touch. I think that's pretty much all from us this week. Anything, any other business, guys? Not from me. I think we're we're losing Matt, so I think we're going to sign off before we all crash. Um, all the best, Andy, and we'll see you next week. Cool. Sounds good. Cheers, Duncan. Nice one. Cheers. Bye. Bye. 